Welcome to Soul Talk. Join us for another in-depth discussion regarding all things seen and unseen in this world and those beyond. Together, we explore topics that expand the heart and open the mind of all those willing to be activated. And now, your host, Eugene Gantz. Blessings, everyone. How you doing? Soul Man here. Follow me on Instagram, S-O-L-M-A-N. Find me on Facebook, Eugenius.Soul. It's E-U-G-E-N-I-U-S dot S-O-L. Oh, yeah. Blessings, everyone. How are you? So let's talk. Let's talk about spirituality and the God complex. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. We got to do it. We got to do it. Um, you know, being from Los Angeles... California West Side um, and at that time being raised by my mom at the time it was uh, just me and moms she was you know she was uh, one of the dopest yogis I know did she do bad yoga no but she was doing yoga like man like the 80s she was on some yoga stuff uh, and she would take me to the spiritual fairs there <clears throat> when I was old enough to have some comprehension uh, about it. And um, we saw gurus, like everything. Like we went, I remember leaving the Kabbalah Center, man, when it was in, on Robertson up in um, West West L.A. She was there. Like she, I went and sat and did their 30-minute Kabbalah talk. And then we was, you know, phone call for about three years after that trying to get us to come back you know um, but I just say these things and I'm not knocking the Kabbalah Center you know in the Chaim man God bless but um, I will say you know I've seen a lot of fake ass like gurus spiritualists fake ass techniques <laughs> Fake ass techniques and like you know, how do you say uh, gimmicks, man? Charlatans and shit. Like I've been through that, and I've I've come in contact with awesome master teachers and and people that are so tapped in that they draw everybody else in uh, to that field. That's beautiful. Like that is is powerful. And now, fast forward to this present day, we've 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 got so much information. Um, at our disposal that sometimes that avalanche or tsunami of info books, videos so forth and so on that we ingest, digest can sometimes give you a false sense of superiority spiritual superiority you know you, you walk around like you just discovered you know the, the holy grail man <laughs> and nobody else has. So I just want to talk a bit about that because as a teacher and a student, you know, of life, of love, of the occult, of the sacred wisdom teachings, of love relationships, you know, of, of spirit itself, it's important that I constantly check myself so that I'm clear about who I really am and, and, and what position I'm standing in so I don't garner this false sense of superiority and then support it with spiritual principle as if that's what spiritual principle is for to uphold my ego 
I call bullshit on that. But let's just, let's let's slow it down a little bit. That was me on my low of baby tangent. Let's slow it down a little bit and go and start working with the roots so we can change the fruits, right? Work with the roots to change the fruits. Hashtag, right, baby? So, anyway. Baby <laughs> genius, you're a trip. What is spirituality? Like, what is it? Like, if you were to explain it to somebody that doesn't know, what would you say? Oh, it's about being in touch, like with your energy and your aura and your chakras. <laughs> like, you know, like, is that what it is? It's, oh, no, it's about being yoga and being still and being yogi. Like, what is it? Is it about being religious, you know? We like we, we we tend to shun that. We tend to shun, you know, that religious side of ourselves because there's so much damage that's been done throughout the history uh, there, you know, past and present. So most of us have that that vibe with it. There's still some that are are avid Catholics, Christians, Muslims, Buddhists, you know what I'm saying? Like whatever the the, the, the big ones, you feel me? And the minor ones, but is that spirituality? Is religion spirituality? It's a question that I've asked myself many times, especially when I was choosing to study these parts of our history as humans on earth that has nothing to do with dogma. That those chosen so-called few had written down for us to follow, right? The Council of Nassim, actually. Well, anyway, uh, Nassim. But we'll, we'll, let's, let's, let's get back on point. My experience of spirituality was one of logic. Let me just explain that to you right now, a very quick example. Once I understood that everything was spirit, the hermetic view is that all is mind, the mind is the all, and the all is the mind. We're living in a conscious mind of the creator. And we are these thoughts that are extended from creation itself out into the physical realm. Once I adopted that as a basis for my current reality, I realized that we're all spirit. Right? If we all have a soul. If you subscribe to the view that we all have souls. And we are these intangible souls living in bodies then we are all spirit. If matter itself is consciousness waiting to be awakened by an intelligence, then we're all spirit. So every damn thing you do is spiritual. You feel me? You can't escape spirituality. If you, you know, I don't go to church, man. I just golf on Sundays. That's your spirituality. My spirituality is golf. I'm sure a lot of husbands have been bombarded with Come to me to yoga. Why don't you just meditate with me, Harvey? Why don't you just come over here and meditate? Just sit and sit and touch the crystal, Harvey. This is amethyst. It cleanses. And Harvey's like, yeah, Martha, whatever. I'm going to go down to Sal's, have a drink. That's my spirituality. Yeah, Martha, whatever. I'm going to go do a couple holes over here with the boys. Yeah, Martha, whatever. I'm going to go out on... I don't know why it has to have his accent. I'm going to go out on the boat and fish. That's my spirituality. Well, you know that there's not there's not something that, that says that that's wrong. Even if it's self-destructive, right? That's their form of spirituality. 
That's how they connect to spirit. That's how they connect to the intangible. They get shit drunk. Yeah, Eugene, what that? What's that? Yeah, I had a great. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's a good form of spirituality. There's a lot of spiritual people that eat people or kill or mutilate or, you know, our women or our children. Like, just because it's spiritual doesn't necessarily mean it's a positive aspect. Spirit is a full spectrum entity, it contains the light and the dark. So if we can reframe how we're approaching spirituality, it'll give us a good idea of what we're really working on, what our work really is when we're talking about I want to be spiritual and, and I want to change. And usually this comes from us being in some type of pain or being curious or not being satisfied with what's been given to us. Let's say from a religious standpoint, a societal standpoint, we're looking for what people have done thousands of years ago. We're looking for answers to questions that have stopped being asked, but that still linger in us and are echoing through our hearts and minds, you know, incessantly waiting for that answer to be our life, to be our work in life, our purpose. So spirituality to me is the recognition that we are a spirit and then the volition to direct that spirit in a way that serves spirit itself all life as well as our purpose our our calling as a thumbprint a fingerprint of of god of existence of source spirit right so what do you do okay fine you want to be spiritual okay i want to be spiritual more spiritual i want to get i've been doing stocks i've been doing construction i've been doing uh, homemaking I've, you know, I've, been, I've been doing something that has taken me away from what I've been feeling is important okay now I want to move back into a deeper sense of some type of spirituality I don't want to go too far into something that's going to take my power away take my identity away I want to I want to engage on embark on a journey that validates this identity that gives light to this purpose so that I can see clearly I can feel deeper. So what do we do? What did I do? I just started reading, man. I started reading. Um, what was the first book I read? My goodness. Um, one of the first spiritual books I think was... Wow. I don't even know if this is spiritual. It is Dr. Scott M. Peck, The Road Less Traveled. I know that's a famous poem, but... Dr. Scott M. Peck um, is a clinical psychologist uh, who worked with the government as well as private individuals and researched consciousness, researched human behavior. And it's just, and it was, I read all the rest of his books, The Lie, all these other books. You know, that was my first thing at spirituality was psychology. So let me just figure out what the mind does, right? And from there, I had to focus on the heart. I had to focus on what what other aspects the mind moved through and what it influenced that influenced, you know, my life and the lives of those around me. And then I think I started going into the Kabbalah at that point. Um, I studied um, the science of the Africans, you know, African cultures, the elementals, the Vudan, um, uh Not that I was doing voodoo or anything, but I had to study. I wanted to study what the hell that was the root, Africa. Right? I wanted to go back to the root and see what that was about. So it was merely reading. I didn't do any 
you know, nothing, nothing like that. But I, I, I did read, I did um, tap into um, those wisdom teachings, and then Kabbalah followed there, uh, followed shortly after that, and Hermetic science and wisdom because I was in Africa, so that's where that was that source out of there, and then went deeper into this Senate Master stuff and and um, and uh, Aaron the Archangels. And um, she's man, a lot of hermetic thought. So I'm not gonna get into it, but I just went and I read like a like a mofo. I mean, at the time, um, I had just started as a law clerk and was moving my way up toward like paralegal and and studying, researching, researching, studying, reading, and analyzing, and sorting. So I was doing that with my with my spirituality as well. But was I being spiritual? Did that make me? like this spiritual guy because I was just reading spiritual things well again I'm spirit so of course I was being spiritual in the sense of s studying and trying to find some explanations around what this spirit of mine was supposed to do but I was just reading and it felt good it felt good to learn all these new things to, to, to have some explanations to some of the um, religious doctrine that had been impressed upon me um, growing up in a Baptist church with my mom at the time and um, I felt power. I felt the power of knowledge. But was it wisdom? I had not really gained that wisdom yet. The wise aspect is the intuitive part of intelligence, I feel. Knowledge is there, wisdom and understanding, right? The intuition to then understand and apply that knowledge and wisdom in action, being understanding. I didn't really have that yet. I couldn't talk about bilocation and astral projection and, you know what I'm saying, like past lives. Like I, I wasn't experiencing any of those things. I was just reading about them. And most people at that time, I don't know what year this was, man, early 2000s. I mean, the high school was in like, you know, the 90s and then the early 2000s. I'd say like from 97, 96, 97, I started studying. Actually, to tell you, to, to, now that I remember, one of my, some of my first stuff was, um, if, you were in, if you're familiar with the gods and the earth, you know, was, this, was the mathematics of, um, uh, of like the East Coast and New York and, and and the five percenters actually that's that's where I started to really um, tap in was through that too I was I was doing that work with the numbers and the meanings and stuff because it, it was kind of like algebra giving me understanding that symbols and numbers had meaning and then when you add them together you get an outcome that's how God works it's all numbers zeros and ones right uh, every mathematics is the language of the unseen and um that was a big part of it too. I just I digress, but I just wanted to put that in there as well. Uh, but I needed a universal container. There needed to be something that did transcended race and religion and everything. It needed to be universal because, at least for me, I I wanted to connect to everybody. So I was reading these things. I was having somewhat of an experience, but it was more of the pride I had, right? Let's, let's focus on the pride I had about learning things that most people hadn't understood or known before. It gives you a false sense of pride. You really feel like, I'm so spiritual, man. I'm reading the Bhagavad Gita. I've read all the sutras. You know what I'm saying? Damn, I memorized some of these mantras and stuff. Like, yo, man, I'm I'm spiritual. But what, what happens during that time? You start getting your, your little spirituality swag on. You feel me? 
your little spirituality swag. And at the same time that this is happening, your ego is like, okay, great. Here we go. We're learning new things. This is making me more powerful than my neighbor. This is making me more special. I'm more special because I know about all the chakras and what they do and their tones. And I even bought the book and I have the chart on my wall. I can tell you right now. Is that spirituality? Hmm. Are you growing in accordance with the growth in your wisdom and knowledge? I should say, are you growing in wisdom in in time with your knowledge so that you can understand what the hell it is you're really seeking and the content in which you're ingesting, right? So we have someone or people in our society that get their read on, get their YouTube scholarships, you feel me? <laughs> they read all the things and seen all the videos about a certain subject. And then all of a sudden that gives them some type of authority. Not everyone. Most, most people will just study, will just research and come to their conclusions and test the theories out in a way that's safe for them to see if it's something that's real. Others tend to use spirituality or the research into spirit as a way of bypassing their issues, bypassing what's driven them to seek this intangible solution in the first damn place. How we as humans have our neurotic tendencies based on our, our karmic imprint coming here and the environment we've been drawn up in, like all these different aspects, but it doesn't matter. We use spirituality to sometimes make it okay for us to be unconscious. Oh, no, no, no. I don't hate that person, but I'm sorry. I'm just unconscious. I'm just so-called, quote, unquote, woke. I'm never, I'm saying it. <laughs> I'm awake, right? So I know what's going on. We judge. We come from a place of judgment. In that space, are you using your spirituality to make an excuse to not follow your dreams, to not go deeper in love, to whatever, to prevent you from true growth. That's spiritual bypass, man. That's spiritual bypass. You're going to judge people. You're going to condemn people and then make it a part of your spirituality. That's what the Inquisition was about, right? That's the intolerance we see in religious viewpoints about others. There's nothing more alienating and separating than having someone feeling very justified by scriptures, by doesn't matter what, if it's religion or spirituality, by texts and things being justified and, and saying you're wrong. You will not find the light. You will not be happy. You will not, you will not thrive in this life and the hereafter if you don't believe this. You're just a fool. You're just less than me. It's the bypass. It's how the ego will then shift what you're learning instead of shining more light on its, its intentions, the ego's intentions, the negative mind's intentions, the pain body's intentions with your life as it's directing you. It will then just leverage that so that you can continue to separate yourself. You can continue to experience more separation. You can continue to push your God complex onto others as if you've been the first person in this existence to find the truth and the only one. You become your own Christ, your own Jesus, your own Buddha, your own Muhammad, your own prophet and begin to literally prophesize to family, friends and the world. 
we have no fucking clue about what it is that you've even embarked on and why it is you're there and what's happening to you currently. Right? And I'm speaking from a sense of experience. I was that guy. I was. Ah, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like, you, ever, you know, like, you read that Maghamdi? I don't know the Naghamdi. Nah, you guys ain't even, I ain't even saying it right. You feel me? The, the, the Dead Sea Scrolls for sure, but the Naghamdi is, is, is so powerful. But if nobody's read that before and has no context for it, it has a different belief system, it doesn't make them wrong, it doesn't make them stupid, it doesn't make them blind. It's a lack of knowledge. Doesn't make them less than me. I'm not smarter or safer from pain or anything else. I just happen to have a certain set of information that I've acquired. And if I'm intelligent, I'm working on activating said information through my acts in the world, living these truths. And that's the thing. We look for these systems so that we can have a direction. We even go to people, gurus, teachers. We make them our guru. Oh, Eugene, you're my guru, man. This I feel amazing. You're, you're, you're the guru of breathing. You're the guru. I'm like, no, I'm not the guru. I'm not the God that you're looking for. And really what most people are looking for is a scapegoat. What do I mean by that? If I can deify you, if I can project all of the things I think are the best of myself onto you and then praise and worship you for these attributes in which... I've just yet to embody, which I've just not yet learned how to exhibit and project into the world, then I've also got a convenient spiritual bypass. I can make you my scapegoat. I can kill my God at any moment as I search for any type of discrepancy or, or shortcoming. I can make you the excuse for something I don't choose to do. I can blame you for teaching me, showing me. You'll be my out. It'll be my convenient out when it's time for me to face the truth. So that's why the whole looking for gurus and stuff. I think teachers, <clears throat> spiritual masters are extremely important. I have one. His name is Dr. Joseph Michael Levery. And he helped me with a system that, that gave some context. So all this knowledge that I had, it gave me context to start to really deal and work with people. So that the things I was doing with myself and this information... I can put into real world use and serve through it. In that sense, I had to feel the humility that comes from witnessing other people's struggles, either the depth of their pain or the height of their true enlightenment that I had yet to reach. And it humbled me. It humbled me because I knew that there's, these people were living a life divine without knowing any of the things that I spent my time and my nights studying. They hadn't read one word of the Emerald Tablet. But they knew the truth and were living the truth. They were living either their purpose, they were in a state of love and pushing that love. They were doing as good does. Like sometimes you just got to be good and do good as good. Be good and then do the good as the good in which you are doing. Be light. Do, do the light's work. The truth is we're here to uplift each other. There's no leaving. There's no, I'm going to ascend my neck. I'm going to ascend this lifetime. Okay, what does that mean to you? That means you're just going to leave it. I'm just done with this. I'm just so tired. I'm ready to go. Are you? If you're ready to go, you wouldn't be here. 
and it doesn't count when you do it by your own hand. Nope, sorry. And if in fact you do reach a state of enlightenment, let's say you do have that pinnacle of truth revealed to you, in that state, the ideal reaction would be, how do I share this? How do I share with my family? How does everyone in my community get a chance to have this feeling? How do I share this with my country? How do I share this with the world? How do I get the world to feel this, more human beings to feel this depth? You don't become some oligarch. You don't become some tyrant, some dictator, some spiritual guru dictator. By my way alone shall you prosper. Like, nah, man. Nah. Which is why I do as much as I can to try to dilute and make digestible these concepts. And then place them in the container of embodied action, practice, meditation, visualization, breath work, yoga, conscious acts of service, deep gratitude work. The humility that comes from being in awe of creation, not a man, not a woman, not a mechanism, but of the source of creation itself, of spirit with the capital S, that which is all things as all things, continuously moving in a deep sense of stillness. Right? Like that's that's where I want to be, and that's what I want to be. That's what I want to project. And that I is the I am, it's all of us. If you're familiar with the Course of Miracles, it's the whole sonship, it's the whole embodiment of the Christ consciousness, which is humanity. It's our choices. It's our choices to be spiritual to ourselves and just loving to everyone else. If you could understand what that means. To have the embodied presence of peace, to have felt and touched the hem of the garment of the science of love, of the practice of joy. I just want to touch the hem of that garment and then walk throughout my day, do the simple things I do every day. I don't need to get a billboard, a bullhorn, and start telling you about the good news. I'm going to be the good news. I'm going to show up as the good news. You're not going to help. You can't help it. You can't help but feel that that vibe and ask me, hey, man, what, are you a yogi or what the hell do you, what do you do? What's going on with you? You can't help but feel that when it's embodied. And when it's embodied, it's in your blood. And when it's in your blood, it's in your bones, in your sinew, in the electrical impulses moving through your nervous system, moving your body. You capture something so awesome, so beautiful. And it's, again, a small portion of this greater truth. So the purpose of this podcast, me running my mouth, one, <laughs> two, teaching myself this truth, again, reminding myself, three, giving you the opportunity as whatever you choose to call yourself, but as spirit. If you're starting out on this path of spirituality, you want to kind of get an idea of how to just deepen presence power. For me, spirituality is the presence. It's that presence power as the good, doing good. You want to tap into that. You want to find tools and techniques and things that help you feel yourself a bit deeper to cut through the BS that's out there, check me out, eugeniusyoga.com, E-U-G-E-N-I-U-S, 
yoga.com. I got some cool stuff that I do, meditations and mantras, which is basically singing and vibrating, you know, visualizing cool things that help us to feel, help me to feel myself, feel that spirit that I am in me, around me, and through me, and release this need to dominate people with my knowledge and wisdom and embrace the real desire to connect with people in a loving way as light. So... That being said, I hope you had an opportunity to connect with me in a way that was real and loving. And as spirit talking to spirit itself, blessings. And I will see you at the next Soul Talk. Don't forget to follow me on IG. God bless. Thank you for listening to Soul Talk with Eugene Gann, the Yogi Exec. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at S-O-L-M-A-N, eugenius.soul on Facebook. Please subscribe and get that free PDF and audio meditation.